This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody, it's Lon Seidman. It's time once again for your weekly wrap-up, and this week we're going to talk all about why your internet sucks, namely your cable internet And I think a lot of people are realizing how bad their internet connections are now that we're stuck at home. Let's get to it. So let me talk about my woes related to my Comcast internet connection. Uh, As you know, we generate a lot of video on this channel, and I have to upload video to multiple platforms. I'm on Amazon, I am on Plex, I am on YouTube. And every time we upload a video, we're uploading a different version depending on what those platforms require. So I can't just put a file up on an Amazon AWS server and then just upload it from there. I do have to upload, in many cases, three different files or four different files depending on what's going on. And because we're now socially distancing, uh, Jake, who is my uh, producer here on the channel, is working completely remotely. And I have to send him video projects to edit And it's really crazy because Jake lives about a half an hour away. I could drive these things to his house faster than Comcast can deliver these files digitally on my behalf. It's just nuts. And this has been something that's been frustrating me for a while because uh, many times we're focused, at least from a marketing standpoint, on the download speed. This is what everyone talks about when you go out and shop for your favorite cable internet package They talk about blazing speed, and yeah, you get some decent speeds on the downstream. This is my most recent speed test. But the upstream, which is really important for people who do business, uh, is very slow, as you can see. It's just a fraction of what I get on the downstream. And unfortunately, I can't get anything more than what I am getting, even if I am willing to pay for it. And the reason is, is that Comcast has a monopolistic hold on my region. There is no other choice And as a result, they're not making the investments where I live that they are in other places because there's no competition that's really driving them to do anything more than what they're doing. Uh, In fairness, this is a low profit margin region for them. We have very uh, sparse housing. We don't have the density that some other parts of my state have. But nonetheless, uh, they're not making the investments here that they're making elsewhere. And it's putting my region at a disadvantage. Uh, Every once in a while, I go out on on Twitter and complain, and then I get uh, some people from Comcast emailing me. And in fairness to Comcast, they actually do a very good job uh, communicating to people via Twitter when you have problems, and then they often escalate to a private email chain that you can uh, have a further conversation about. And, you know, we hear from Michelle here and says, oh, my gosh, I, I think we should be able to do better than this. We know we have other Internet speed options that would increase your upload and download speed. I often say to them, uh, no, you don't, because uh, I've asked this question every six months for the last four years, and I never get any other response than, well, we can only do 12 megabits per second, sorry. So they always start off this way, and then a week later they say, oh, yeah, it looks like you're right, we can't do anything better than that. They say they'll escalate it, and I never hear back from them again. Now, I had my hopes up about a year and a half ago because Comcast launched a fiber-to-home product called Gigabit Pro, And it might be available for some of you, actually. So if you need speed, you should definitely check it out. It's not inexpensive. It's about $300 a month. 
Uh, but I would gladly pay that because the cost in labor, the cost in aggravation for me as a business is far greater than $300 a month right now. And I would actually save money. There'd be an ROI uh, if I could get things up to my various platforms and to Jake uh, faster than I am getting them now. And that would be a real great investment for me. However, uh, when I called to order this about a year and a half ago, uh, the initial call was great. They said, oh, yeah, you're like 700 feet from the node. I, I can see it, actually, right at the end of my street. You're ready to go. You know, just give us some time. We got to do our on-the-ground study, yada, yada, yada. And I was all hyped up. And a lot of you were telling me at the time, you're not going to get it. And you were right. I didn't get it. Uh, as it turns out, uh, when they did the investigation, it was going to cost them, for some reason, $46,697.51 to bring that wire to my house, which is beyond what they could allocate for uh, the installation charges. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Because I've got fiber from Comcast all over the neighborhood. If I walk out my door, uh, there is a wire running right across the front of my driveway that is a fiber optic line from Comcast. That's what that orange tag there says, fiber optic. And what these fiber optic cables do is they plug into a node. One of them is right down at the end of my street. And from that node, they go to old-fashioned coax cable, the same cable they've been using for the last 45 or 50 years. And it's an obsolete technology that they're trying to squeeze every bit of value out of. And this reliance on coax cable, in my opinion, is why your internet sucks right now. Uh, cable, of course, was always designed to be a one-way communication to these old-style cable boxes. You had a head end. They would transmit out from that head end. Your cable box would pick it up, and that was it. Uh, even in the early days of pay-per-view, the cable box would communicate over a phone line, in my area at least, uh, not back over the coax, but over the years they managed to figure out how to send information back upstream, uh, partly due to the fact that they switched from a purely coax network to a coax network that has fiber optic cable as a backbone, and that's what's running through your neighborhood right now. Uh, there's a great YouTube video by a technician named Alonzo Bell. You can find it at the link you see on screen here. Uh, he takes one of these things apart so you can see what's inside and how they work. Uh, but basically, it takes the fiber optic cable that you can see running right through that neighborhood and converts it into coax cable to go out directly to homes. And as a result, we've got the fiber there, but they're not actually connecting it to everybody due to cost. And they've been able to build out this network around the fact that most people uh, just have been, up until now, using mostly the downstream. You send a little request out for a website or a Netflix video, and then it gets pushed down uh, to your cable modem. So my cable modem's got a great control panel. I can see how many different active channels I have. Uh, right now, it looks like I've got uh, 28 channels locked in on my cable modem to the node that's around the corner. Uh, each of those channels gets 38 megabits per second each, give or take, which means that I'm getting about a gigabit of overall bandwidth delivered downstream to my home, but they're only giving me about 400 megabits of that in an allocation, given the fact that other people in the neighborhood have to share these channels as well. Uh, but look at the upstream. There's only four going up here, and it uses a very different technology to do it called ATDMA. And the reason is, or ATDMA, uh, the reason is, is that I have to share those upstream channels uh, with other people that are connected to my leg of the node. And you can't have everyone transmitting at once. So what happens is, is that everyone gets an assigned time to push their data out. This happens very quickly, so you don't really see a delay or a lag. 
Uh, but nonetheless, it's really kind of pushing things to make all this stuff work. And they can only get four active channels going for me right now because any kind of interference really blows this up. If somebody has a loose connection on the outside of their house that's on my leg, it's going to screw it up for me and everyone else in the neighborhood. If you got some crazy thing going on inside the house that's pushing interference back upstream, you got a problem. And I've had many problems over the years, not necessarily with the internet going down, but with the internet staying stable enough on the upstream for me uh, to be able to maintain a live stream, for example. And just about every time I live stream, even though I'm only pushing out two megabits per second, it's really having a hard time to keep a steady stream going because of all of these glitches and interference issues that pop up because we're pushing things upstream on a system that, again, in my opinion, really wasn't designed to do this. And I know there will be technicians watching who tell me I'm going to be full of it, that it does work fine. It's just how they're implementing it here. That might be the case, but it really feels as though they've squeezed every bit of value out of this system to the point where it's not working anymore. And I heard from a lot of you who've had some issues this week, like I've been having over a long period of time, that you haven't experienced before. So let's take a look at some of those. This one came in from someone on a Facebook group that I'm on. They run a live show with vMix from their home, and he was usually getting about 15 to 20 megabits per second up. Uh, ever since the pandemic began and everyone's working from home in his neighborhood, uh, those speeds dropped to two or three megabits up. Uh, Spectrum Cable was the provider in this instance. He had a very hard time getting through to somebody who could actually troubleshoot the problem. As it turns out, they had loaded up too many customers on a single node, and that node was overloaded. There was just too many people on each leg, and they had to come out and physically move his his wire to a different leg to make it work better. And it was a month-long issue. It put a major damper on his business. But again, this is a great example of the limitations related to upstream communications over coax networks that these cable companies have just built out uh, so extensively. And they were getting away with it for a while, but now everyone's starting to realize the value of upload speeds. Uh, Kellen Westro wrote in about some problems they're having around 3.30 p.m. or so. It gets pretty bad, and then it goes really bad towards the evening. Uh, they think there may be some throttling involved, but I think it's probably due to some of these coax issues. Uh, Joshua Dollard has a better connection at home. He's one of the lucky ones that has a fiber connection. Uh, he actually brings his files home from his office to upload because they have Comcast there and they don't have decent enough speeds to get projects delivered around. So that was probably something that was going on before the pandemic. Uh, Travis Rhodes here uh, has been paying 420 for a while, getting 20 megabits up, 400 down. Uh, but lately, since this began, he's doing about 250 and 7, again, due to overloading of coax networks. Uh, Velocity here, another Spectrum customer. Everything is slow. He's getting constant outages, uh, probably due to interference and nodes being overloaded. And this next one from Greg Blankman really made me chuckle because I've done this before. Uh, he found when he had Comcast that his cell phone sometimes could provide better upload speeds than he was getting from the wire that Comcast was pushing into his house. And actually, that's something I've experienced, too. There's a cell tower about 10 minutes from my house. If I park under it in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, I get about 50 megabits per second upstream. And there's been more than a few times where I've driven to that parking lot 
to upload a file because it was quicker to do that than it was to push it out over my Comcast connection, and that's just the reality. And if they didn't have a data cap on my Verizon service, you know, where they kind of slow you down if you use it too much, I would be sitting in that parking lot all day long doing my uploads at the end of the day. And really what this is all about is a lack of incentive to do any network investment and infrastructure improvements due to a lack of competition. Competition and consumer choice bring about better service and better innovation. Without it, you got what you got now. And we're seeing now the limitations of this technology that they chose to roll out to these cities and neighborhoods, uh, which really focused on the quality of downstream, not upstream. And now as everyone's working from home, we're all suffering as a result of this, yet these companies made billions of dollars by not making the investments that they should have made to improve our service. And then miraculously, as the Hispanic Titanic here says on Twitter, uh, the second a competitor comes into a city, things get better like almost overnight. Uh, He saw AT&T and Time Warner out of the blue bump their standard signal from 50 to 200 at no extra cost because of the threat of competition. Go figure, right? So this is exactly what we're seeing here. And if you go back and look at some of the news coverage of the Google Fiber rollout, Uh, you'll see that in almost every case, AT&T miraculously flicked a switch and everybody suddenly got better service and they were running fiber out to everybody's home. And the reason why they're not doing it now is because in many cases, like mine, there's no competition. But there is some hope out there. Here in Connecticut, we're starting to see some uh, local providers begin offering fiber to the home service. Uh, One of them that's been the most visible, at least in uh, my uh, circle of friends, is GoNetSpeed. Uh, They started up in West Hartford, Connecticut, which is kind of a densely populated suburb of Hartford. And what they did is they very smartly started in one general area and then started branching out as they got more customers signed up. So as they get a neighborhood up and running, they then look at the next one. And once they get enough people in that neighborhood, they bring the wire out a little bit further. And they're very slowly inching up on uh, Comcast's uh, footprint here in a very competitive way. Check out their prices here. They can give you uh, half a gigabit symmetrical uh, for 70 bucks a month flat. That's what a lot of my friends went with. Uh, you could do a full gigabit for 90 bucks a month, and that includes all of your taxes and fees as well. A really good deal. And it's really starting to, uh, I think, eat into Comcast's business, and hopefully we'll start making them better. Oddly, I haven't seen Comcast respond to this at all, and it might be because their infrastructure is so outdated that they can't compete with this based on how their network is currently working. And I'm hoping to see GoNetSpeed make some more progress throughout the state. I think they're in now uh, New Haven and Bridgeport and some of the other uh, more densely populated regions of Connecticut. And this is from my friend's house. He's got GoToNetSpeed at his place in West Hartford. Uh, Let me play this here. That's his downstream running pretty much close to the 500 megabits per second. Watch the upstream test. Isn't that crazy? I am so jealous of this guy that he has this at his house all the time. Uh, Again, remember, I've got 12. uh, So although my download is pretty close to his, I can't get that going up. And that's what a fiber connection gets you. And it really needs to start happening in more places. Now, one thing I am working on right now is researching maybe how to roll out my own ISP. I was inspired by this guy. You should check out this story because it's a great one. Uh, Who was in a neighborhood that had no internet connection to speak of beyond just a local cell tower. And this guy was able to contract with the fiber provider going into that tower and built out a little wireless ISP for his neighborhood. And he fixed his problem and solved the problem for his neighbors too. I've been doing some research about how I might be able to do that where I live. Um, It's actually somewhat feasible. 
It's crazy, but it might actually work. It's a lot cheaper than what Comcast was proposing for their $46,000 cable run. Uh, It's still up there, but if I can find the route that the wire has to take and start talking to people on the way, I might be able to make it work if I can get a few people to sign up and use it with me as a cooperative. So stay tuned. Uh, it's It's a wild idea, and it might actually work, and I am so psyched just to have a little project to do while I'm locked up in the house here. So I've got a couple of connections lined up that are looking promising, so I'm going to keep you posted about uh, my journey with this, and I might just start my own ISP if I can't get the get what I want from the cable company, because you know what? I'm sick of begging them to take my money. Now, I don't want to forget about folks who are in rural areas that have nothing for broadband. Uh, Nick S. wrote in about uh, his connection that's available to him in, in southern Alabama. Uh, he gets 16 down and two up at the max. That sounds like a DSL connection to me. Maybe he's got a cellular connection. I'm not sure. Um, but that's the best he can do. Uh, Win32 here as an even uh, worse situation. He's got uh, 0.86 upstream. And this is also due to the fact that broadband providers have not made the right kinds of investments in places that need it, like where uh, these two viewers are. Uh, this is where I think that Starlink system that Space, SpaceX is launching is going to be a big game changer. They just sent up another 60 satellites last week. They've got uh, 418 operational satellites in orbit right now. Uh, they're looking at beta testing in the northern regions of North America uh, probably in the next six months or so. So we're getting close to maybe some options being available for uh, folks like these who really are not getting any kind of decent connection and I'm hoping that Starlink becomes a good option for them. Uh, Starlink has not really communicated, or SpaceX for that matter, uh, exactly what speeds they will be providing. I would not expect the uploads to be all that quick, but we'll have to see what uh, comes out of their new technology as it continues to get developed. So I'm really excited to see what's going on there. Now this week's wrap-up is being brought to you by all of you. Uh, We had a number of Super Chats and new members to the channel, so I want to thank Clean937Samuel, who contributed during our recent live stream, so thank you for that. I also want to thank our newest supporters here on the channel. They include Johnny Tan, ctnewsjunkie.com, a site that I contribute to every once in a while, Brian Carter, Dory Maitori, and TurboTV7210. I want to thank everyone who contributed to the channel this week, along with everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis, and of course, all of you who watch on a regular basis too, because all of those things together equal channel growth. Now, all of our new supporters this week contributed via the YouTube membership program, that button right down below the video here. If you want to support the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv support and use my donor box page. We also support Patreon and, of course, that YouTube membership program that gives you those cool badges, too. Lots of different ways to support the channel. Now, I wanted to give you an update on my production workflow because I've been running with vMix all this past week. Uh, vMix is software that you can download for Windows. It's actually pretty reasonably priced. And I wanted to see if vMix could do everything my TriCaster does. And it looks as though it can. Uh, So what I'll be doing now is building out a new production computer that's going to be dedicated to vMix. Uh, This whole week I've been running the channel off of my Lenovo gaming laptop that I got right before Christmas. It has been almost completely flawless. I have been really happily surprised by how well this is working. 
and it's going to allow us to do things more efficiently. I can bring my laptop somewhere where I couldn't have easily brought the TriCaster before. Uh, it's just an amazing piece of software. I'm looking forward to really building a beefy PC around it to see exactly uh, what we can do with 4K video too. Uh, really good stuff. We're going to do more on vMix in the coming weeks here on the channel, but I just wanted to give you an update just to let you know that it's been working fantastically, and I'll be upgrading the production workflow to a vMix workflow now just because it costs less and does everything I want it to do. Uh, this week on the channel, we had a couple of live streams also powered by vMix while we were recording simultaneously. It worked great. Uh, we unboxed and set up the new iPhone SE and then we also had another one of my epic unboxing videos where I got a bunch of stuff in and took them out of the boxes. We'll have an edited version of that uh, live stream going up a little later this week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we also, on the Extras channel, reviewed a little iPad dock that came in a few weeks ago. Pretty neat little product that connects to the USB-C port. And this week on the main channel, we looked at a bunch of Apple products that just came out. Uh, the new iPhone SE really surprised me. This is probably the most affordable iPhone they have ever released and they didn't compromise on performance. It is a really good deal. If you don't mind that it looks like an old iPhone 6, it's a really good performer. 64 gigs of storage, it's got wireless charging, all the bells and whistles, even Wi-Fi 6, I think, is built into it. Uh, and I was really, really impressed with that for the price point. There's no question that phone will be the best-selling phone of the year. Uh, you can disagree with me, but I think that's what's gonna happen. Uh, I was not, though, pleased with the Apple Magic Keyboard. Uh, the Magic Keyboard, by the way, costs more than an entry-level iPad does. So you can buy a keyboard to pair up with your iPad Pro, or you can get a second iPad for the same money. doesn't make sense to me. Um, the keyboard itself is big, it's clunky, it's heavy. It doesn't allow you to turn the iPad into a tablet. It doesn't fold under the iPad like the uh, smart keyboard folio thing that they've got. Um, so I was not crazy about it. A lot of people love it and think it's the best thing since sliced bread, but if you want a laptop, buy a laptop. This wasn't doing it for me, but maybe I don't get it. Um, so not a great review from me on that one, but other folks might disagree. Uh, we also took a look at some new apps from Plex, Plex Dash and Plex Amp. Uh, these are apps for Plex Pass subscribers. The Plex Amp music player is really pretty neat in how it organizes music and uh, lets you navigate things. I was really pleased with that. And Plex Dash allows you to manage your Plex server from your phone, which you really couldn't do before. So good stuff there. You can find all these videos linked down below in the master playlist. So this week on the channel, we've got a lot of fun stuff planned. We have a review coming up of the new low-cost indoor security camera from Blink. Uh, which, of course, is an Amazon company. I've been very happy with my Blink cameras that I've got around the house. This is a wired version. The other ones work with batteries. So we'll take a look and see how that one compares. Uh, we also have a review of the Lenovo Legion Y54017. This is a mid-range gaming laptop. And I looked at the 15-inch last July, uh, which means that we're probably nearing the end of the life cycle for this line. And I thought it would be fun to... Uh, review it now because I think you'll be able to find these at good prices very soon. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we also got in this new Mocha 2.5 adapter from Translite. Uh, this, like the Go Coax ones we looked at, has a 2.5 gigabit backbone over Coax. Yes, it works better in your house than it does on the poles out there. Um, but instead of a single 2 gigabit Ethernet jack on there, you've got two 1 gigabit Ethernet jacks. Uh, but nonetheless, that's an additional gigabit Ethernet jack versus the Go Coax ones we looked at 
a couple of weeks ago. So we'll put this one through its paces. I would love to get any feedback from you as to what you'd like to see in that review. So let me know down in the comments below. I don't believe this supports um, link aggregation, but I'll double check on that before we get too far into the review on that one. And then I think the time may have arrived that I might need to cut my hair with the Floby. I did unbox it in our live stream the other day. You'll be able to watch that unboxing very soon. Uh, it looks like it might actually work. I haven't seen any poor reviews of it. Uh, if you don't know what it is, it's one of those vacuum cleaner hair cutting systems that uh, us kids in the 80s used to laugh about on TV, but it looks like it actually works. So hopefully it will give me the ability to cut my hair. Uh, and if you like what I do and want to get notified every time I do anything, like cut my hair with a Floby, uh, you can click that notification bell. We have other channels you can find me on, which you can see on screen here. Uh, that includes our live stream archives. So every live stream I do is archived over at lon.tv slash live streams. Uh, there are ways to engage with the channel through my very infrequent email list, uh, the Facebook group. I think we're almost at 1,000 members now, so that's a really great place to interact with other viewers and me. I get a lot of great ideas from this show from there. And then we've got my store where I sell previously used items at low prices. Uh, that Samsung tablet we looked at recently, that one's going to go up pretty soon. And I'll be cleaning up the office a little later this week as well. And there might be some other things that pop up on there as well. If you want to get notified when we add something to the store, you can sign up for my store alert email at lon.tv slash store alert. I push those out every time we do anything in the store. And that is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap up. Hopefully you are all staying safe and healthy and washing those hands and keeping your safe distances from everybody. I want to thank everyone who works in the essential businesses like grocery stores and retail, our first responders, our medical folks that are out there uh, saving lives every day. Really, um, I appreciate all that you do for us because I am able to stay uh, safe at home here with my family because of the work that you're doing, and I greatly appreciate uh, all that is being done right now, and hopefully we'll be out of this soon, or at least start to be out of it soon. And I thank you all for what you're doing again. That's going to do it for now. Until next time, this is Lon Seibin. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters, the Four Guys with Quarters podcast, Tom Albrecht, Rick Vestudo, Chris Allegretta, and Kalyan Kumar. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv slash support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.